Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobayan, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip-hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with the grit right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. How are you? I hope wherever you are listening to this, you're feeling good and groovy. If you're not, that's okay. Be okay with that because we are human beings who experience the ebbs and flows of what it's like to live in this human form, right? And so be okay with that. But hopefully after listening to this episode, you might feel a little lighter from where you're at. Um, Okay, so to start our episode today, I've got a poem by Hafez for you. And this one is just, mm, flip through it and it landed on with that moon language. Okay, so with that moon language, admit something. Everyone you see, you say to them, love me. Of course, you do not say this out loud. Otherwise, someone would call the cops. Still, though, think about this, this great pull in us to connect. Why not become the one who lives with a full moon in each eye that is always saying, with that sweet moon language, what every other eye in this world is dying to hear? Which is pretty much love me, right? And so I... First of all, I love that this is a moon language. You know, I love the moon. The moon is magic for me. Um, but this idea of how everyone just wants to be loved. Everyone wants to be seen. And sometimes we're not even aware of that, that we want that. But we know it feels good when someone finally sees us for who we are and loves us for who we are. And that feeling is just so amazing, so stellar. Um and I just, yeah, I don't know. Hafez is just, is just amazing. Um, so anyway, I want to say, I hope you enjoyed that episode last week with Aaron Baines, because that conversation was so much fun. And I really got to remember how much I love doing this, making podcasts for you guys. Um, it's been a while, I will say. Uh, I took some some time off for the holiday because, you know, we all need to rest and recharge. The end of the year is rough in terms of thinking about how all the, the sort of new energy of January builds and builds and builds. And we have this year-long experience and we get to the end of it and we're like, whew, we are, we are worn out. Um, it's sort of similar to like the work week, right? We we feel like, okay, Monday, we're starting a new thing, whatever it is. I mean, my relationship with Monday is totally different than most people. So, <laughs> you know, I love Mondays. Uh, but for most people, you know, we start out, you know, feeling rested off of the weekend. At least that's the idea. And we start fresh on Monday. And by the time we get to Friday, we feel really 
low energy, like all the activity that we had outputted, you know, we'd never had time to, to recharge, to rest and restore. And so by Friday, we're like, woof, all right, now I can breathe. Um, and so that's what I did for uh, December and most of, well, part of January. <laughs> and, um, and so I'm here back in the saddle. I hope you enjoyed some, uh, some previous episodes that we got to revisit. Uh, it was really fun to hear those again. Um, and so I'm back here on Spiritual Grit, trying to navigate a new year, a new calendar year, a new portal. Um, I have been through some transformational things happening in my cocoon of rest and restoration. And so many things are happening behind the scenes that feel good. Uh, there's a lot of movement, a lot of change, a lot of shifting. And so in the coming weeks, hopefully I can uh, begin to, to share some of the new things that are cooking in my cauldron uh, and hopefully you'll get excited about it. But for today, I want to uh, talk a little bit about movement and moving. So one of the big things that's happening for me is um, I'm moving and that's a big deal because your place of residence is really sort of that, that home base, the, the place where you ground yourself, the place where you want to just stay um, and be and be present. And if you don't have that place for yourself, um, take a look at that and ask yourself how you can start to create a space for yourself, even if it's in a in a room or in a corner of a room, but something that will allow for you to feel anchored in somewhere during times of big changes. Um, as we all know by now, we live in a world where nothing is guaranteed, right? Nothing is certain, everything is changing and everything can change at the drop of a hat. Uh, you can be healthy one day and then you can get the as one of my daughter's friends calls it, the sickness. <laughs> I love her. She's so funny. Um, you could get, you know, you could get COVID and then, and then what, you know, and, and this virus totally is specific to individuals and their reactions to it. So one person may be like, oh yeah, it was just a little cold. And then another person has more uh, extreme uh, symptoms and response to it. So it really is about being in the moment and being here and being present. And so with me moving, uh, what I noticed, I want to talk a little bit about it because what I, I, there was so many, so many actual things happening, but so many metaphors that are happening in the actual moving of, of stuff. Um, and so for those who it's been a while since you've moved, uh, you, you might have forgotten what it's like. Cause I know for me, uh, I think the last time I moved was about 11 years ago. And so the, the house that I just moved out of has, well, had, because I'm now out of that residence, um, accumulated some things, you know, when you got, when you got kids, you tend to accumulate things, not on purpose. It's just, life is just busy and you forget that you can give that baby uh, seat away or that you can donate that little um, stuffed animal toy uh, now that your kids are, are older. Um, so there was a lot of that, that, that uncovering. 
And so the experience of moving was, was quite an experience, we'll say. Um, so in cleaning out the house, it was like an excavation. It was like an archeological dig. I mean, it is so interesting to see what my house held from this place that I'm standing at now. So where I am now and who I am now is totally different from the person I was when I first moved in there. Um, you know, I would hope so, right? And so it, it was just so interesting for me to think back on the time that I moved into that house from the previous house and how much I brought with me from the previous house. I was like, oh, we gotta, you know, I don't, we might need this, or I don't know that we could use this later. And, uh, you know, who knows? Um, and I remember 11 years ago, that was my mentality. It was the whole, like, just in case, or you never know when you need this, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then there's also like that last scramble when you're on a hard deadline, a hard external deadline. And you're like, I don't have time to sort through this. So just shove it in the moving van and we'll sort it out later. You know, I feel like that happens for everyone's move. It's like, you feel like you got time to do the sorting out. Um, and it really is underestimated just how much time you need to sort out all this stuff. Um, and so at that, at that 11th hour, you're just shoving things in bags and throwing it in the moving van and just hoping for the best. Like, hopefully it's not like important papers or whatever, or that you'll find it again. Um, and inevitably what happens is either that, that bag gets thrown away or it never gets looked at and then it takes up space in the next, in the next residence. <laughs> but, um. But yeah, so I'm going through this archaeological dig of my house of just, you know, pulling things out of the woodwork. I mean, it is is so amazing to see how much stuff you can just cram into a space. You know, um, the other day I was talking to a woman. Um, I don't even know how we started talking about it, but it turned out that, you know, she was also moving after being in, in her place for about 10 years. And she's like, you know, I just started and I was cleaning out a drawer and I was amazed at how much was in that drawer. And I was like, yeah, you don't know how much stuff can get really shoved in that tiny little drawer <laughs> until you dump it out and spread it all over the floor. And you're like, oh, there's a lot of stuff in there. Right. And so I was thinking about um, just how much accumulation we have as 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 people you know especially in this country it's it's a it's a, a material centered capitalistic country right and so it's a it's a possession of things that we um I, I don't know if we want to say we we focus on I mean sometimes we focus on it I don't know if it's necessarily a conscious thing all the time um but it's there and so I think about how there's meaning we attach to stuff, to material things, you know? And so as I was going through my daughter's closets, there were some baby things in there that I was like, oh, this is so cute. I remember this. Do I keep it? You know, like, okay, can't bring everything with me because I don't want to pay to store stuff, for example. Um, but also, I don't think that uh, it is something like in terms of materiality I need in order to remember it. I know uh, a friend of mine, she did a few moves and what she did, because she was, I think she had moved from a house to an apartment and then back to a house 
But for her downsizing, I think what she ended up doing for her kids' artwork, for example, was she took photos of it. And I was like, oh, that's cool, you know? But for me, Taurus son, very into tactile things, you know, like my physical senses need, need that paper. So, you know, I'm a sucker for that. So I did not take pictures of my kids' art. I did um, choose which pieces to keep. And then the rest, I kind of just snuck away into a black garbage bag when the kids were at school, but shh, don't tell them. <laughs> um, so the moving, the moving thing was really interesting to kind of see. So from the perspective of an, of an archeological dig, it's to see the history of what's happened and transpired over those 11 years. It was really fascinating to see the growth and the evolution of of my family during that time um, but also to notice where I am now in thinking about my relationship with stuff I was really not as attached to things as I was my previous move and so I thought that was a win for me in terms of my evolution but I, I was also feeling very neutral uh, which which was fascinating and surprising to me so uh, you know so thinking about the metaphor of moving how can we look at the stuff that we've accumulated, whether it's actual material stuff or it's relationships like friendships or any kind of relationships that we've gathered and, and stayed connected? You know, sometimes we stay friends with people because, oh, well, we've been friends for 20 years, you know, and, and there's a history and, and, you know, and whatever. I'm going to stay friends with that person out of loyalty or out of, you know, longevity. You know, sometimes there's this, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is, is true for you, but I know when I was in my 20s, I, um, I followed a certain I followed Dave Matthews band. Right. And I love their stuff. Um, but I remember thinking in my in my mind, like I'm a true fan because I've been a fan since whatever year ago, you know, like I've been a fan for 20 years or whatever. So it's sort of that longevity. We've been friends for 20 years, you know, and and that's cool. But at the same time, does that relationship still nourish you does that does that still feed you because if it doesn't then it's just taking up space it's taking up you know that closet space in your in your field in your spirit in your mind and is that is that space you want to give away for free you know like um for example i had a, a friend a longtime friend um over 20 years and uh and we it was a great friendship you know we we did things together we evolved together and then there just came to a point recently where i could see us traveling down different paths diverging paths we we're moving away from each other and i was like oh okay i'm noticing that and i don't have any ill will but it was more like okay she's not seeing where i'm at so is this relationship nourishing me and the answer was no, it wasn't nourishing me. It was, it felt more of an obligation to this history that we had. And I was like, that's not really serving my highest good or helping me grow and evolve. And so I um, ended the friendship, you know, it was, it was a, a sort of completion. You know, I, I told her that I feel that our time together as friends has come to completion and it was time to to let go and, and move on. And I don't know how she felt about it. I mean, she just kind of was like, okay, great. You know, best of luck to you. And that was it. It was a very brief thing. And I don't, you know, don't know how she um, really felt about it. Um, I don't know if she agreed or if she understood what was happening. But, um, you know, that's, 
there, there's only so much that I can do. I can take care of me and what, what is serving me and, and nourishing me so that I can be better for others. So in this move, thinking about what is still taking up space. So I'm inviting you to think about, all right, maybe you can do like a spiritual move, you know, what's taking up space in your life that actually doesn't need to be there anymore. What habits or patterns or ways of thinking do you still continue to have that again is not serving you? You know, there's, there's sometimes the, the thinking of I'm not good enough or what if they find me out, you know, the imposter syndrome. And I don't know about you, but I feel like there's only so much of that I can do before then it starts to get old where it's like, really, we're still doing that. We're still like, Ooh, what if they find out that I'm not who I say I am? Well, then what's, what's the worst can happen? Like they find out that you're not, you know, that I'm not, you're not Leslie Ann. (laughs) You know, like, well, then who am I? I don't know. You know, um, so then they don't like me. Okay. So then they go away. Okay. And they go away. Doesn't mean that those are the only people out in the world who can connect with you. You know, I think what happens is a lot of us feel that there are so many limits. Um, And so when somebody shows interest in, building a relationship with you, whether it's a business relationship or a friendship or even a romantic relationship, there's this default that a lot of people have in thinking that this is it. You know, there's no, there's this limited pool of people who can be in relationship with me. Never mind that there's how many billion souls on this planet, you know? Um, And so that scarcity thinking puts us in desperation mode. And so the pattern of I'm not good enough, or I'm, I'm going to be found out starts to, to really just take its toll. And then our bodies start to feel heavy and, and contracted. Um, and our emotional space is cluttered, you know, um, how can we declutter, you know, looking at the patterns of our thinking. Can you pay attention to the self-talk? What are the patterns that you have now that maybe you can just purge and declutter? You know, you don't have to wait for a big monumentous um, event. Is that even a word? Monumentous? Momentous? Oh man, my brain. (laughs) Um, You don't have to wait for a big event to happen in order for you to declutter. You know, you don't have to wait for someone to have a near-death experience to be like, okay, carpe diem, seize the day. I'm going to live my life. You don't have to wait for that. Start now. Start by looking at, you know, okay, what relationships are serving me, you know, nourishing me? What feels reciprocal and what feels like an energy drain? You know, this um, one teacher I have, I don't know if she does it annually. Maybe she does it annually. So we're still in January. And maybe you can try this out, but it's called, uh, I think it's called the annual friend review. Yeah, that's what it is. The annual friend review. So what you do, it's like, you know how some people in the um, corporate world, you know, they, they have annual reviews where their performance at the job is evaluated and their boss or their manager writes up a little something about them and their performance. Like, 
you know, Sally does a great job talking to clients on the phone. She's very personable, but she's disorganized at her desk. She can never find papers when I come by to ask her for, you know, whatever report, whatever it is. Okay. And so, um, and so it's, it's just looking over the past year, um, in relationship to your friends. And so I invite you to try that annual friend review. So take a look at your friends in your circles. Now, for me, I have different circles of friends. I have like mom friends, I have yoga spiritual friends, I have colleagues um, who are kind of friends, you know, that kind of thing. And so look at all of them and ask yourself of each one, are, is this relationship nourishing me? You know, like maybe I'm friends with some, with a colleague, okay? And, um, I really enjoy their company, even if we are not in the same classroom or we don't see each other very much. I enjoy their company and I find that every time we have a conversation, it feels so good. So I will keep them as a friend, you know, but then maybe there's another colleague who it feels very laborious to be around them. You know, like the energy is heavy, my body contracts, I, I don't necessarily want to see them, maybe I dread running into them in the hallway, you know, maybe then that particular relationship needs to end, you know, so you don't make the cut, as this teacher of mine likes to say, you don't make the cut, sorry. So maybe start with that and see if you can create space in your life with this annual friend review. Um, and, and then notice how much lighter you might feel once you've cleared and decluttered your space. Um, another thing that I noticed in this move is how amazing it feels to get support. And when I say support, support can mean all things. Support could be emotional support. You know, I got friends who are texting me, checking in, how are you doing? Hope things, everything's okay. You know, like they don't have to say a lot, but just knowing that they're there, if I needed them, feels so good. You know, they weren't physically there to like help me move, but I know if I needed them, I could call them and be like, Hey, can you come over and just like pack a couple boxes with me because I'm running out of steam. They would be like, yeah, sure. I only got an hour, but I can do that, you know, and that feels so good. But I'm also talking about support in terms of, you know, I had some helpers, like some, some mover guys who, um, I don't know what to call them except mover guys who helped me um, move some big donations. Like I had some furniture. I'm downsizing. I had some furniture I wanted to donate um, and they had a donation center. And then I had some guys come and take away the junk and they took away the junk, you know, like I paid them to help support me. And I'm and I'm good with that because I wasn't going to spend time to drive back and forth, load my car, drive back and forth to like go to the local um, thrift thrift shop or Salvation Army or whatever and donate these things. And then I wasn't going to go like try to find some kind of um, junk, well, like dumpster and have that like make its way to my house and you know what I mean it's just there's a lot of different steps and I was on a deadline so it felt amazing to have that kind of support um in 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 this endeavor of cleaning of cleaning of decluttering of clearing out you know and so that's that's the literal physiological like material world support 
right? And so let's apply that to the spiritual part. Let's apply that to how we can clear out our space with help, you know? And when I say help, like that kind of help looks like a mentor, you know, like a teacher, you know, meditation teacher, yoga teacher, or a life coach, or, you know, some, and I, I, I use this very loosely, guru. I don't like to use the word guru because there are some complications with that word, but some mentor who can help you um, would feel so much better in terms of that kind of support as you move through your spiritual growth. Um, yeah, you could do the self-help thing, right? You know, you get a book, you read it, it's great, awesome. It's, it's just slower and harder because you don't have any accountability. You don't have a mirror with which to um, sort of bounce off ideas and say, hey, you know, I'm going through this. The book says this. I don't know where I stand on that and how I feel about it. Let's talk about it, you know? And so I feel that it's really important to, I mean, with this move, what it brought to my attention was that support is really crucial. Um, and support doesn't necessarily need to look, support can look like anything. It could look like a friend, you know, meeting you for coffee and you guys talk about, you know, the meaning of life, or it could be hiring a coach to say, Hey, I need, I need help in this place that I'm at. Cause I feel stuck and I've tried everything and, and maybe you can help me see some things that I don't see. I mean, that's, that's really what a coach does is, is ask you questions that you didn't even know to ask, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And so it helps to work with somebody, um, in clearing the emotional and spiritual spaces and to allow for growth to happen. Um, you know, guides are just invaluable. And so for me, the support in this move, you know, my parents were helping. I had some, some neighbors helping. Um, it was just phenomenal how people just came and helped. And to feel that kind of support allowed me to feel, yes, I can do it. Because at one point I was like, oh my God, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be able to get this done. I was like ready to cry and just like go hide under a rock. I was so overwhelmed. And I was like, there's no way, there's no way I'm going to survive this. Um, and then I had my people come through and I'll tell you that made all the difference. Um, you know, for me, I would not be here today talking about this in this way, in, in thinking about a move as a metaphor for your spiritual growth if not for my spiritual teachers and mentors, you know, I didn't come across this knowledge by accident. You know, I didn't just like stumble upon some, some things that I know and be like, oh yeah, this is what I'm going to share with people. No, I had teachers, I had experiences and that helped me evolve and become the person I am now. It helped me clear out the clutter. You know, I talked about the, the previous move that I had 11 years ago. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm bringing all the clutter with me from the previous residence. Um, but I was like, I'll go through it later. But then I never did. Right. Because no one was there on me saying, Hey, you need to clear this out. 
You know, I could just like sweep it under the rug, tuck it in a corner in the basement. No one will ever know. Let me tell you, when I cleaned out that house, this house I just, I just moved out of, there was stuff in there in these little pockets of spaces that I forgot about that I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I still have this. Why do I still have this? Like 20 years ago, I still got it. What is going on? Like, what is this holding on? And so I was like, okay, bye-bye, you know, like felt so good to just trash it. I was like, yes, so liberating, so releasing and so expansive. For me, that is what feels so good. And so I invite you to take inventory of where you are right now, whether it's your physical space, because physical space is everything, you know, and maybe you're not moving, but maybe there is some clutter around, like check that kitchen junk drawer. Everyone has one, right? And empty it out, see what's in there and say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna clear this out so I can feel a little bit of release, a little bit of space and lightness and then go and see what happens. Maybe move on to a cabinet or, you know, a bookshelf. What books are you not reading? Why are you holding on to those books? I'll tell you, I'll admit, I am guilty of holding on to books longer than I need to because I feel like, you know, I'm a writer and I love books. I'm a bookworm and to give away a book feels like, oh my God, am I being disloyal to this book? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing, which is, as I say it out loud, it feels totally ridiculous, but it's a thing, you know? And so... I've been re-examining my relationship with books and I'm like, okay, do I really need this book? Because I feel like I got the knowledge I needed from that time that I read it. I don't think I'm going to read it again. So let's offer it as a gift to somebody else who will benefit from its contents. And that's how I'm framing it. It's not like I'm getting rid, quote unquote, getting rid of the books. It's more I am setting it free so that it can be a gift to somebody else. And that's how I invite you to look at this, this kind of decluttering, this kind of releasing is to consider your decluttering a way to set free the, these things that you're holding on to, like these patterns of thought, these, these patterns of behavior that don't nourish you, that don't allow you to grow. Can you set it free in order to create space for more gifts to come into your life. That is the thing I want you to think about. Whew, let me tell you, oh, it feels so good. I mean, moving was a pain in the butt, packing, was, but it feels so good to have cleared it out and to just close that chapter and start this new fresh one. So excited, my friends. You don't even know. Oh my God, I can't wait. Okay. So that is my episode for you today. And what I'm going to do to close out the episode is to pull a card, a tarot card from the Wild Messengers Alchemical Tarot, because I haven't pulled any tarot cards in a long time and I kind of miss them. So we're just going to go with what kind of guidance we need this week what will help us find our way through this week. And so I have drawn, oh, let's see. This is teacher of air. And when we say teacher in this um, deck, it is the equivalent of the queen. So queen of air, and this is the hawk. So I'm gonna read a little bit about the hawk. So it starts with an invocation, hawk, 
Help me, help me rise above limited vantage points in their stories. I ask that you renew my faith in wisdom of nature. With your perspective, I find my place in the world. <sighs> so here we go. This is what the guidebook says about Hawk coming forward in our, our card poll today. Do you feel an urge to change the world? Well, that world shift begins with you. Hawk swoops into the reading today to help you understand whether the stories and loops playing out in your mind are constructive and beneficial. To change the rest of the world, you must first change how you see and experience being part of it. Do you see with eyes of perpetual blame and judgment, or are you able to widen your perception and become receptive to new information and points of view? Can you hold the complexity of existence? Hawk is here to open your mind. If your stories are meant to be medicine for the times we're in, you must begin by addressing the ones that live inside you. Transformation comes from within. The first step to becoming a carrier of healing stories is to take back your personal responsibility. Throughout each day, notice whether, whenever you're tempted to place culpability on something or someone outside of yourself. Do your stories need revision? Hawk's sharp eyes can help you hone your inner vision to see through excuses, justifications, and ego, and deep down in the personal wounds that you project onto others through blame. So here Hawk speaks. I am vigilant but relaxed, a confident hunter who trusts the air's currents to transport me to the right time and place. I'm here to help you with discernment. I want to know, are the stories you tell yourself full of help or harm? Do you focus on what's wrong with yourself, with others? Do you find yourself captured by what is told through mainstream media? If so, I remind you that often others share a limited strategic view into their lives. Take a higher, wider view. Soar upward on the currents and look upon our world through my eyes. No one is perfect. No life is easy. There are roots we can never see no matter our vantage points. Know that you can never know it all, so stop comparing your everything to someone else's singular moment. There is a larger journey unfolding for us all. It's difficult to see while you're in the thick of it, saturated in minutia. Rise above and find greater context. See the greater arc of patterns and the intelligence of nature at play. And so medicine stories alchemize wounds into wisdom. Hawk helps you reframe, helps you frame your journey and the journey of us all that as that of the hero. It reminds us we are someone who has overcome tremendous obstacles in the process of reclamation. It honors the challenge as part of the journey. That said, medicine stories uplift others as they are told, not through bypassing or fixating on the shadows. Rather, they share the path through the darkness. It is the journey rather than the destination that holds the most potential for healing. Evolve your perspective to see yourself, each other, and our world anew. <sighs> Woo, that's just exactly what I was talking about. Mm, the cards never lie and are always on time. So my friends, I hope that was helpful for you in whatever you're navigating at this point in time. Know that you are loved and supported by me, even just energetically. I keep you in my thoughts always. And so until next time, the divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Namaste.
If you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade, grab my free seven-day meditative challenge, Spark Joy in Chaos, by signing up for my newsletter, which will be more light to your inbox. Go to suryagiyan.com slash subscribe.